Welcome back to the Men Talk About podcast. And if you're a personal development junkie, or you love personal development speakers, books, recordings, this podcast, (laughs) this episode is for you. The dirty little secrets about personal development that many tend to shy away from. Mark and I, my guest in this episode, we're diving in. And if if this is the first time that you join the Men Talk About podcast, thank you and welcome. To learn more, listen to the rest of this podcast. Enjoy. Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to another episode of Men Talk About. This is one of the uh, several first episodes of season two. Yes, you you heard it right, season two. I am excited. Uh, I got, uh, I'm always excited. Anybody's listening to this, like I'm excited because this is is a passion and, and a service for me for men. Um, for those that this is their first time coming to the podcast, this podcast is the Men Talk About podcast. It is specifically for men, those harnessing and developing their masculine energy. Um, and it's about men's, men's education, men, the inner work, the development. And we have guests like my guests today that are help, that are here to support and guide men to different levels of understanding within themselves, um, different level of education, different level of development. And for some hearing this, hey, damn it, you, <laughs> you may do some inner work. Mark and I may take you some places. And uh, I want to introduce my guest, Mark Gway. Uh, I am excited to connect with this dude because to give you a little background before I tell you about Mark, uh, we connected to a guy, Oleg. Uh, you can check uh, uh, Oleg Lohid. You can check his podcast we did several weeks ago. He was, he was the last episode of season one. Um, and we connected. Oleg is a great connector. And I had a conversation with Mark, and I was like, this dude is tip top. This dude is tip top. And I wanted, I, I, I asked him to be on this podcast because of some things that he's doing with his with people he's working with and who he is as a man. Um, Mark is a coach. Um, he's a speaker. He's a facilitator. He works with men. He focuses on, you know, mindfulness. Um, I, I've read up a little bit about him. He's an instructor as well. From my take on Mark, I see him as a, my experience of him so far is I see him as a compassionate endearing, sensitive, intuitive, present, um, masculine energy. Um, and you know, he's over on the West coast on the West side in San Diego where they have one weather, which is beautiful. And, uh, <laughs> so we're gonna, we're gonna dive in with Mark today. And I, I'm looking forward to talking to Mark because he's doing a lot of the work that this podcast is about. So we're going to talk, we're going to talk more about this. And before we dive in, Mark, uh, if you could say hello to the people and then anything else you want to add to your intro. Paul, thanks so much for having me, brother. This is beautiful. And I, I want to I let your guests know what you did before this interview that I've never had an interviewer do before that I thought was really beautiful. And that was, you said, let's set an intention. Let's plant our feet to the ground and let's just drop in before we record this podcast and bring in our ancestors, thank our ancestors. And that type of intention, brother, that is beautiful. 
That is so beautiful. I really appreciate that. It's an honor to be here. Uh, it's funny that you call me a San, you know, a San Diegan. Uh, I'm still a New Yorker <laughs> at heart. I'm a New Yorker <laughs> living in San Diego. <laughs> but it's yeah, like two listen, different worlds, yeah. brother. Two different worlds. Bless up, man. Yeah, it's funny because I remember I had that in my notes. I was like, he's in San Diego, but he's really a New Yorker. He's really a New Yorker. So for cats that are listening, because I'm based out of the East Coast, so I think there's something about people from the East Coast that is different from everyone else in the world. And that's, maybe that's just me. Cause you want to know the difference? Yes, please. This, this is the difference that I discovered when I moved out here. I would meet someone and, and they would say, or I would say, hey, we should, we should get together. And, and, I, and I would, so they would say, let's get together. And I'd say, yeah, let's do it. And I would take out my phone and my calendar and I would say, what works for you? And, and what was common out here is people would say to me, yeah, well, you know, when, when, it, when it happens, it will happen or, you know, when it naturally should occur. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You put it in the calendar or else it doesn't happen. And, <laughs> and that was one small thing. I mean, I joke about it, but that was one small thing that I saw. And I'm like, oh, interesting. Okay, there's the difference. See, we, we, we are intentional over here because we want to get it done. We don't, there's this fear that like, yeah, let's, uh, let's throw it up against the wall and see if something sticks. No, no, no. We'll put this in at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and actually, you know what, Mark, as we go through, um, I'm thinking I, I'm going to ask uh, uh, several times about the differences that you're experiencing. Sure. Um, yeah. Because there was something that you even mentioned in the beginning, like, I'm interested in how like, I, I, I describe the masculine compared right. to like what you're hearing out there. So I'm really curious. Right. So, uh, Mark, can you, uh, just to get us kicked off, um, I know you're doing the mindfulness coaching um, right. and you're working with men. Mm-hmm. Can you give a, a, a background as to what brought you to, to that, to mindfulness coaching and working with men specifically? Sure, sure. I'll say it quickly and happy to go deeper into any of the aspects, share any stories. Uh, I'm an open book with that. And, and same thing for your listeners, too. I find that a lot of people are, uh, especially a lot of people in their late 20s or 30s that are in a career, are always fascinated at how someone goes from A to seemingly A to H or A to Z, like how, what are the steps in between. So I actually started my career off as a teacher, an English teacher in New York, and I taught for 10 years at a public high school. I taught 12th grade and 10th grade honors. And, uh, you know, summarizing here, just I've always been on the the personal growth path. You know, it was, uh, I I'm, I'm, was raised as an adopted child, so I was always curious about who I was. And I never, uh, I'll never forget, it was, I think I was uh, 15 when I got my permit. And I drove to what was a store called Borders at the time. And it was kind of like, yeah, Borders was like a Barnes and Noble. It was a bookstore. Yeah. 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 And I would go and I would get a latte (laughs) and I would, I would treat it like a bookstore, uh, like a library, you know, with all brand new books. And I would just get like 10 books. I would stack them up on my, on my dad or my chair, my table rather. And I would flip through them and I was just in awe at how much wisdom was out there. And I've always been so fascinated at this thing, life or this thing called life. How do we do it? You know? And I think when I was younger, I always wanted to do it right. And now I'm just fascinated at, uh, you know, how are you doing it? How's your path? What's your path look like, man? Like, it's just, it's especially when we talk about the masculine, right? You know, forging your own path. It's, um, 
it's just so fascinating to me. And it's taken me a long time to get to this perspective now, but you know, after traveling the world, talking to people that have had vastly different uh, worldviews based on, you know, growing up in a, in a village that was not even connected to the internet or anything like that. I've come just to realize that there's just so much you can experience in this life and it's your choice whether, whether you want to go down a path or not. And so that curiosity led me into teaching and I loved teaching. And then some things occurred where my wife got really ill and that led to some really, really dark nights of the soul, which anyone who's on the spiritual journey knows that very well. And so during that time, I had, like you, Paul, created a podcast. And I interviewed a bunch of people who were, who were living a social entrepreneurial life. And, uh, and I started writing about living your life on purpose. And I launched a podcast still live, you can, or still out there, you can listen to it called Your Life on Purpose. And it was all the things that I had learned. And like any, any good, any, anyone who's on the journey knows that you have to teach that's one of the steps of the journey, right? And so I started teaching it and it was basic with friends, with coworkers. They would come up to me and they would say, hey, I've noticed you're, you're really calm during this time where I'm really freaking out. Do you have any tips for me? And it started like that with, well, I've been meditating uh-huh. since I was 17 and, or younger, 16 actually. And then eventually it led to that podcast and then eventually led to people asking me, for help in interviews like this. And then I realized that you can make a living as a coach, which quite honestly, I, I grew up in a blue collar family in Buffalo, New York, that this was not a thing, right? It was the only, uh, the word entrepreneur, business owner that I didn't know what that was. I grew up in a family where you, and I was taught you get a job and that's the way the system is aimed, right? Like, what are you going to do when you grow up? It's not who are you going to become or what are you most interested in? And Eventually, uh, because of my wife's illness, actually, uh, we ended up moving from New York to San Diego because of the dry climate and the consistent weather here in San Diego. And that was super helpful for her in her Lyme, in her healing from Lyme disease. And so we literally, yeah, yeah, she's doing better. You know, there's still, it's a, it's a, it's a thing that will always, you know, rear its ugly head in one way or another, but uh, overall she's doing really well. And we're actually expecting our first child in November. Super excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah, a journey we can buddy. talk about too. Yeah. 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 And, and just to wrap up there, you know, the move from New York to San Diego was huge. Anyone who's mm-hmm. changed career. I mean, I changed careers. I moved locations everything changed in my life. And, and so I went from kind of doing the same thing as a teacher for 10 years, living in the same place in New York where I grew up, uh, just outside of New York city is where I taught and then moved out here. And it was, it was a, it was a major shift. And so that is the summary of how I stepped into my coaching practice. And it's, it's the hardest work and the most, in the most rewarding work that, uh, that I can do at this point in my life. So I want to, I want to come back to like what I, I, there's a couple of things I want to get to first. Um, sure. Because you, what I'm hearing you say is like, really you started, you're, you, you've been a seeker since young, right? 15 borders, yep. checking out the books, like, yo, what's life got to offer? Yep. And yeah, I was 10 years old looking you, in the mirror and going, who are you? Who am I? Yeah. That's, I, I, whenever I hear things like that from, from guests, I'm like, 
man, you're pat, you've been on a path of discovery. And I, well, I, I, I hear that the, the path that you're on is one of self-discovery and discovery, helping others discover themselves. Because I, I think, especially being a coach and what you do, um, and the mindfulness and work with men, I think that there is something like I, speaking for myself, I got to do my work if I'm going to help someone else, right? I got to be that example. And what I heard from you is that people will come to you like, hey, man, you're really calm, right? You're really calm. So the thing that the, one of the things I want to just clear up for the men that are listening, because we, I've, I've talked about this in some of my previous sessions. You talked about something called the dark night of the soul. Right. And um, for men that are listening, this is, uh, I'm speaking for myself, especially going through divorce, when I was going through divorce, I went through deep depression. Mm-hmm. And for men, uh, I know for me, it's like talking, trying to talk to my friends about it, Mark, they were like male friends specifically. It was like, man, don't worry about it, man. You'll be fine. It's all good. It's life, you know, get through it. You know, let's go out, have some drinks, like, you know, let's go smoke or what have you. It was always something to mask it. And that's what I had learned. That's what I had become accustomed to until I had come to that point where it was the dark night of the soul. And for me anyway, I'm curious to know what it was like for you. But for me, I felt like I was suicidal. Like I was, I was like, what is going on? Um, I felt like I was someone else. Like I felt like I was, I was coming out of my skin. Like, you know, it was super uncomfortable. Um, uh, not, I wouldn't say away from physical discomfort. It was more like soul, mental discomfort. I just felt at, um, uneasy. And um, for men that may have experienced that or that are experiencing that now, some of the things that Mark and I are going to talk about today are about that emotional intelligence to help battle through. But to, before I get into that, Mark, what was it when you went to that dark night of the soul? What was that like for you, man? What was and how did you even know what that was? Right, right. It was around two thirty in the morning, and I had been waking up consistently for weeks at two thirty in the morning. And one night, I woke up and I googled, "What are the symptoms of psychosis?" Hmm. Cause I literally thought that I might be losing my mind and Hey, if that's happening, I'm going to own it. If that's happening, yeah. I'm going to own it. And I'm going to look up what are the symptoms. Okay. And if I have this, I'm going to write a note to my wife and I'm going to say, Hey, I think you need to admit me to a place because, cause I, I'm going, I think I might be going crazy or, or you know, that's, that's where my mind was at. Right. And so lucky that, I'm grateful for Google, right? Because when I Googled that on the first page of the results was actually a blog to a man named Paul Levy, who is a Tibetan scholar, Tibetan Buddhist scholar up in Portland, Oregon. And he had written about these words that I've, I've never heard before called the spiritual emergency. And it's mm-hmm. a term coined by Christina Groff, the wife of Stanislav Groff, the famed uh, psychologist and, and LSD researcher out of the 50s and 60s and the founder of holotropic breathing and holotropic breathwork and the founder of Esalen Institute in Big Sur. And I got on a call with him actually either the next day or the day after, Paul, this is, and, and he helped me sort of take a look at what a spiritual emergency is because he shared his story. 
And a spiritual emergency is uh, the exact same thing, but depending on what is the culture in which you're living in and how do they interpret what you're going through. So for instance, if what I was going through, which for instance, you know, an example here would be like this dissolution of the ego is this, this not just understanding on a very beautiful level, like, you know, it's the sixties, like where, Oh, where everything is interconnected and we're all everything. Like that's a beautiful thought, but to right. actually literally feel like, Oh my God, that tree is me. That air is me. That desk is me. Who the F am I? What, what, right. what am I? on a felt sense, that's a different experience. That's a very, very disturbing experience to feel, especially when it's coupled with, um, you know, incredible, uh, you can call it Kundalini energetic waves, or you can just call it these incredible contractions and and, and expansions that are happening on an energetic level. So it's very, very ungrounding, very ungrounding. Put in one frame in one culture, such as, you know, most indigenous cultures in the world, they would say, oh, that person is emerging into their soul essence. That is a spiritual emergence right there. Put in another culture, most Western culture, that guy needs to get into a straitjacket and needs to be put into a room because they're not fitting into the mold of how we said life is supposed to be. And, and, and so it's a, it's a very, it's the, again, the exact same thing, but the way in which the outward culture interprets it can utterly drastic, drastically manipulate and, and alter the inner journey. So I was very fortunate mm -hmm. because that is all I needed. I just needed something to help me realize, oh, I was actually feeling the things that I've read about for the last 15 years or the things that I learned in meditation but now I was actually feeling them. And, 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 you know, later on, I was able to apply more. Like if you look at the five koshas of the yodic teachings, one of the koshas is, uh, you know, the sheath to the, to the inner soul, right. Or the inner self. One of them is the, is the emotional body. Right. And, and I can go into more detail of what was going on, but I was entering into the emotional body for probably the first time in my life since, I don't know, five, 10, I have no idea, but there, I, Actually, I think it was when I was like in seventh grade and my parents got divorced and I distinctly remember my mom saying, you're the man of the house now. Because mm. that conversation or that memory resurfaced many times during this dark night of the soul. So that's what I was going through and I learned a lot through it. But I, now, you know, now it's a scar. It's not a wound. I'm able to talk from it as a scar. I, thankfully, I'm, I'm able yep. to, to see you know, what that was, but when I was in it and we're not talking a week or two weeks here, we're talking about probably about eight months of really, really considerable, un a sense of considerable sense of ungroundedness. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Powerful time. And, and it's, but it's part of the journey though. Is you can't really, can't, you can't, can't really ignore it. Unfortunately. Well, see, Mark, I, and I appreciate what you just said there uh, and, and everything you're saying right here, because this is where I found uh, that dark night of the soul or that really coming into, as you, like, like you said, coming into the feeling of, like when you said, coming into the feeling of everything you've read about, 
Right. That resonates with me because like um, me, uh, yoga and mindfulness and like reading and all these things like, oh yeah, okay, good. It, what you did, what you said really resonated because that's what I, I, I recognized probably about a month after I was having these just uncomfortable feelings. Right, right. Like I was just like, oh my God, this is it. And I remember being like, this sucks. Right. This freaking sucks. When does this get, when is this over with? I got, cause I, I don't know how much longer I can live like this. Like I remember not wanting to eat. Then I'd have like food binges. I remember I'm like, I'd want to drink all the time. Or it was like, I would want to eat fast food. Or sometimes I just want to freaking sleep. Just so here, so here's the and, thing, Paul. That that yeah. I I call this personal development's dirty little secret, because this doesn't sell. You you're not gonna create a package and sell this to people, you know, and say, oh, and by the way, you're probably gonna experience extreme turbulence and it's going to hurt and 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 it's not gonna be enjoyable. That doesn't sell. Right. But the dark matter right. of the soul, which is part of the journey, is 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 difficult. And you're not, I mean, you don't see this in the books. You don't see this unless, unless you're going through it, then you find the books, but the ones that are making the bestseller list, the ones that your friends are all talking about and raving about, you know, like the Eckhart Tolle type stuff, which is beautiful. The Ram Dass stuff, which is beautiful. It's, it's, it just doesn't sell very well. So, right. but it's part of the journey and it's, and it's something that a lot of people end up, um, needing either, you know, a therapist to help them through. Yeah. Uh, and then after it's uh, no longer a wound, you know, coach helps a little bit as well, a little bit more perhaps. Yeah. So it just doesn't sell well. That's the thing. No. And, and it's, it's like, you know what? So I got to tell you, man, it, this is one of the problems I have with the personal development industry. <laughs> it's like, you know, you spend two hours. Hey, my friend. <laughs> oh, dude, listen, we may have to have a part two, three, four, and five. Because, dude, I see, I see, like, everything the gold is sold, right? Like, you can be this, you can be that. And I know working with men and, and whoever I'm working with, even when I was teaching yoga more regularly, I was like, hold up. Like, people come in, like, I feel like crap today. I just want to feel better. No. Feel all of it. Yep. Feel it embrace it this is the thing that i think is 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 interesting right because the person doesn't feel like you said sells this certain thing and this dark night of the soul and i i even think of it like an initiation it because is. something you said yeah so so because it's like i'm transitioning into something different and when you talked about like that that loop that was coming in your head about like you're the man of the house now and and, and like taking on that responsibility i found for me it was like what kept coming up is what like leaving the household right like um when i got divorced it was like i destroyed my family mm. you're worthless you did the same thing your dad did you did this and i was pummeling myself and looking back on it now and i like how you said it's the scar rather than the wound looking back on it now i recognize like that was a part of me as a man to begin to step up into who I'm, who I'm here to become or what I'm here to become. Right. And, and I tell men, it's like, 
this dark night of soul, I can I can assume it's it's like the caterpillar going into the chrysalis. Yeah, yeah, dark night of soul. Is a yep. Yeah, because you're in it. You're like, man, and it's and it's like this 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 mental versus soul in my perspective. Now, the thing I want to touch on, right, which is, um, especially when talking about this, and especially going through those emotions, I think from a man's perspective. Well, two things I want to, I want to like kind of pivot. You said something that's very resonant about in indigenous cultures, mm-hmm. how you were or when you were in that space, if you were in, a, in an indigenous culture, that would be part of that process of growing up, right? Mm-hmm. And in the Western culture, it's like, yo, get this dude a straitjacket. And I see that particularly with men. So, um, to, to, real quick before we, 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 we go into this piece, I put out a survey recently um, specifically for black men. Mm-hmm. And it's part of this program. I call it the system, the Heal by Black Man system, because there's certain things that um, me growing up as a black man, I'm like, okay, there's certain things that have helped me. For example, the mindfulness and meditation, the yoga movement. Um, how I'm eating, not necessarily like, hey, I'm going to be, I'm going to eat perfectly, but more being considered my body, self-care, what have you. Right. Now, when I did this uh, survey, one of the things I found was that when I asked men, you know, what are the, what are the, what do you feel most? Like what, 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 are, which of these emotions would you feel most? And I had like, you know, fear, anxiety, uh, or I had like gratitude, love, joy. And I found that you know, people dis- disregarded fear. They disregarded, like, um, some of the more quote-unquote negative things. And they focused on, like, I'm grateful. I feel love. I feel connection. Then in another, uh, in another question, it was like, well, um, what emotional challenges, if any, do you experience? And, and almost the same amount of people said they experienced anxiety, worry, fear, <laughs> um, uh, a disconnection. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I bring this up is I think that those polarities is ripe for the dark night of the soul and for breakdown if we fail to acknowledge it. Right, right. So the thing I want to touch on with you is for men specifically, when men are embracing this space for themselves, that's outside of the norm of how they were raised like you know whether it's like to be a man or like you're supposed to do this um when they were approached with that from your perspective how have you well what's been the reaction of men that are that you've experienced that have approached that and then what are some of what's a way or two that you've helped to guide them into that experience rather than disregard it. Yeah, I'll start with the, the second part first, okay? and then, and then okay. let me know if I don't address the first part. So gotcha. a lot of time, well, first of all, let me actually go back even, because the most difficult thing for men to do is to sit still in the difficult emotion. And mm-hmm. in men's groups in particular, one-to-one work is different, but in men's groups, what 
I often do or always do, and it's pretty damn powerful is after a man shares, even if it's just a small, like, uh, you know, the first Monday of every month, I run a free virtual men's group. If it's like a, if it's like a, you know, just like a five minute share that the guy shares, it's the same, it's the same thing that happens after that as when we're in a larger, longer group and, you know, the man might talk for 30, 60 minutes or, or longer is after that sit and breathe and every man just simply acknowledges that man and we can get into the science behind how the somatic nervous system then is able to calm and then rewrite rewrite rather our you know unconscious behavior reactions but it is powerful and for most men and myself included when i first did this to sit there and have having shared something extremely vulnerable things that I wouldn't even, you know, tell my parents, wouldn't tell my, my partner, wouldn't tell my close friends. And all of a sudden I just shared this in front of a group of other men that I barely know and then have them see me and witness me and acknowledge the power that they see, acknowledge the courage that they see. That is extremely difficult at first. In fact, it still is even for myself when I continue to do the work. You know, I, and I sit there and I'm like, oh man, and I'm, but I know it, I know it now. And I'm like, okay, I got to sit in this. I got to sit in this and it's okay. You know, and like, and it's just, oh, it's so beautiful. And I wish every man gets the opportunity to do that. Whether it's, you know, I don't care what group it is, as long as it's the group that challenges you to, to look inward, you know, and, and, and deeply, mm-hmm. deeply, deeply love yourself. The, mm-hmm. the thing that I found, uh, I guess there's two things real quick is going with that frame of looking inward is helping men particularly take a look at the things that scare them the most. And I'm sure you're familiar mm. with shadow work. Yes. Yeah. Shadow work yep. is a game changer for most people. It's, I hesitate though, cause like it's becoming popular, particularly here on the West coast and mm. when something becomes popular, <laughs> it becomes the thing that everyone needs to do. And, well, the truth is, is where, where are you on your journey, right? For shadow work for some people, it's actually really damaging. So you really need to, like, you need to know if you're ready for it. But if you're ready for it, my God, it is powerful. And there's a simple and three, so, two, one. And, yeah, go ahead. And Mark, I, I, I want to just do a quick piece, yep. right? Because um, yep. I want to get back. Because shadow work, for people that are listening to it, shadow yep. work is uh, another way to think of it is, it's addressing the parts of yourself that you hide, repress, and deny. Right. The parts you don't want anyone that you want don't you want to keep to yourself. The parts that you put behind the mask. The thing you want no one to hear about. This is what Mark, Mark and I are talking about right now. Just want to make yeah. sure people are aware of that. Yeah. yeah. Mark, and, and the shadow. You don't know the shadow. Like the they're the parts of yourself that you don't know. You, they they become mm-hmm. known. And once you once you see yours, you start seeing the projections of others. It's pretty powerful, <laughs> but, uh, yes. but yeah. And, and since your listeners, you know, are here, there's a, a great book called knowing your shadow by Dr. Robert Augustus masters. It's audiobook, fantastic introduction to it. Um, but the best place for me to start with shadow work is the dreams is, is whether it's a nightmare you've had in the past or whether it's, it's some uncomfortable aspect of a dream that you're having now. And you sit there and you practice the shadow work and, 
you know, we could, we can go through it or, or, or whatever, but just simply allowing yourself to be in the presence of this shadow and then talking to it, talking from it, it is a powerful experience. What I, what I feel might be mo- more timely to talk about though, is what happens after that? Because when you allow a shadow to come up to you, what ends up happening first is you have this somatic response to it. Usually it's fear. Usually it's like the, no different than it's the little boy inside of you that, you know, is afraid there's a monster in the closet. It's the exact same feeling. Right. You know, the, it doesn't matter how old you are. The, the body doesn't know that. The body doesn't care. <laughs> right. Right. So, exactly. But here's exactly. the thing. Yeah. Here's the thing that's interesting to me is I come back to emotions and I keep coming back to emotions in my work because okay. I just... And I'm I'm open to it just being in my own limited confirmation bias, but I keep coming back to how we're so as a as a singular and a collective just shunned from our emotions. We we're so disconnected from our emotional body. And shadow right. work is a great way to get into it, though, because then you're able to really feel fear. And then sometimes, with a lot of men, anger comes out. And then you're able to actually feel anger. And then you're able to feel anger and realize that, wait, anger is different than aggression. Interesting. So then you're able to then actually be like, well, maybe anger is actually a good thing. And then there's the whole snowball of the journey, right? And, um, and we will come back to it. But I do want to talk about an exercise that's super simple for men, uh, particularly around emotions that I just, I, I, I find to be really helpful in my own work and for others as well. But we'll come back to that. Yeah, I want to. I want to. Uh, I'm just gonna make sure that I have it here to exercise because you know what? Um, I, I agree with what you're saying with the emotion because especially when it comes to men, uh, and you and I talked about this, and I think this is where our, our conversation really got spirited because, from my experience too, I find that, and if, and also for me, me tapping into my emotions was one of the toughest things. Like I, you know, I would be easy to cry when I was younger, and my brothers would say like, "Don't be." A, don't be a, you know, don't be a pussy or be a man or do this. So like, you know, all these things that now I'm like, yo, man, I'm not saying that to my sons, man. Like, you know, like, Hey, listen, what's going on, bud? Okay. Let's talk through it. Let's let's okay. Right. What's coming yeah. up. Right. Um, and you know, especially like we could talk about the, the, the father, the son piece, but I think one of the things that really uh, contributed to my development was being able to step into my emotions mm-hmm. and, welcome them because what i found was that and you hit it like okay like the shadow work oh my god i don't want to face that i don't want to face that that's fear and then i found for me a lot of the anger that i was pushing down because like i'm a reformed people pleaser so it's like (laughs) you know coming from a house of divorce man it was like you know i thought that it was all me i was the youngest i was like they got divorced because of me that's what my that's what my loop was for years majority of my life so my thing was like i i'm gonna do these things for people so i could be liked and appreciated now the thing that got me was that my anger or my discontent which was as you mentioned anger can be different than aggression Right. right But I recognized, like, I, how I was as a people pleaser, I had to use my anger as a boundary or as a defense mechanism. Now, when I found that I was using that a lot more, and for people that are listening, what the benefit of being able to tap into these emotions is that I recognized that under the emotion of anger was sadness. Right. Yeah. Now, 
my work with men and and is I find that we as a collective uh in in so many things that we take in in our senses there's a perception of how men are supposed to be um in regards to their emotional body because you're talking emotional body here and like listen when people talk that it's like what you talking about emotional body man like you know and this is real business man where there's this emotion there are these emotions that that we are immersed in that emotions they're neither good or bad they are they come up at different times and they get you get to model them so i think it's i think it's really important for more men to begin to tap into that emotion and i think that is as easy as it is for me to say it i think the challenge is breaking away from mainstream society or even sometimes breaking away from those closest to you to be able to tap into that work i mean like is that something that you find as well or is it um you know for you is it uh, like how is that especially yeah how is that for you right like mm-hmm. um helping men to really tap into that emotion and maybe we can go into that exercise yeah. you were doing you, yeah. you were talking about yeah well the first thing is you know so much is lost in translation right so when i say emotion i'm not talking about reactivity and that's what most right. people think about when they think of emotion, right? They think of someone who is extremely, extremely reactive. They think of kids that are extremely reactive. And yeah, why are you so emotional? Right. Why are you so emotional? Right. And that's emotional reactivity. And, and that's not what I'm talking about here. And in fact, the, the exercise that I'll, I'll go into in a second here is the one that uh, really should be taught to adolescent boys, particularly around the time of puberty, particularly around the time when they do start having more emotions because they have a tremendous amount of hormones that are flooding through them, right? Yeah. And instead, we just, we just cut it off and we just say, you know, stop being such a pussy like you said earlier or, or be a man. And we do this for girls too, to be clear. Um, with, yeah. In my work uh, with girls, it tends to be uh, anger that they struggle with the most. With men, it tends to be sadness that they struggle with the most. most. But we all you know, need to learn how to actually harness the power of emotions because it is extremely, extremely powerful. So here's what I'm talking about when I say emotions, right? And I am talking about energy and motion here. So when, oh, say it again for the people in the back. <laughs> so energy, I am talking about energy, energy and motion. It's, it's energy, man. It is energy. And I'm not just talking woo woo out, out, you know, out, out in the sky type. No, like it literally gives you a tremendous energy. On the inverse, if you don't actualize it, if you stuff it down, it leads to destruction. And, and, and no joke, man, uh, this is part of what led to my dark night of the soul. Right before I retired from teaching, I had a, a student of mine, uh, a young man, uh, 18, uh, you know, John. And uh, he was a, man that I, you know, a young man that I connected with. And, and he was a troublemaker in the classroom. But I was like, he's a good kid. I'm, he's a good kid. I want to work with him. And I worked with him in the hallway and tried so hard. And I thought he was doing great. Six months after graduation, he killed himself. And, you know, there's no, and I know you share this with your audience, 70% of suicides are men. Like, this is a real yep. issue. This is a real issue. So when I'm talking about emotions, there's, there's three, wow. three steps to it. It's feel it, connect it, and act on it. Feel it, connect it, 
connect to it and act on it. And here's what I mean by it. You can go into the room, it doesn't matter. Let's just say you had a, a disagreement with uh, your partner, right? And you know, whatever it is, it, 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 actually I'll use a real life example because that tends to be the most the easier, easiest, right? There was a coworker when I was, when I was teaching who really, really bothered me, right? She, she just was livid. Uh, it made me livid, really upset, but I never really expressed it because I didn't know how to. So that was a feeling of, of anger that I had there. But to go back, what I did is I would sit in the room and I would feel it. And this is the hardest part for most men is literally feel it. Don't think about it. Literally allow your body to move. So you just sort of call upon that feeling that you had. If it was the disagreement with a partner, if it was something you read that uh, upset you, if it was something that someone else said, whatever, you sit there and you feel it and you turn the mind off. And that's where meditation practice comes in. But you move the body. You literally move the body. And it could lead to, you know, smashing pillows. It could lead to kind of doing push-ups in the air. It could lead to jumping up and down. It could lead to whatever. The body actually has a natural intelligence. And just like how our posture reflects how we actually feel oftentimes, right? If we start looking at photos of body language and what it teaches us, the same thing. So allow the body to move. Now, here's what's so freaking amazing is after you allow the body to move for just could be 20 seconds, then you start connecting it to the mind. You go, okay, how, how, what does this mean here? What, how is this connecting to something in my life? How is this, what emotion is this? What label would I put on it? What memories come, come to mind here? And it's really, really, really amazing because after you allow the body to feel it, then you turn on the mind and you connect body to mind these new thoughts arise that you would, couldn't have thought of before. And it's because you bypassed the logical mind. So then you become aware of, oh, okay, this is why I felt that way. And you allowed your body to process it. And then you go, okay, well, what am I going to do about it? And then you act on it, right? So that's the third step. You act on it. And that's one of the hardest parts because you actually have to do something about it, right? If it's like, I'll use my example again, had a coworker, uh, she would talk about students in a way that was extremely uh, unkind, unprofessional, and just mean. You know, it was that teacher that just talked badly about other students once, you know, she was uh, in the room with the other teachers. And I wasn't okay with it. Now, I, like you, uh, Paul, was, was a, a people pleaser. I just, I never wanted to say anything. I was very uncomfortable with, with uh, conflict. So I never said anything. When I did this exercise, you know, I felt the, I felt the, the, uh, the, 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 the body and it moved and, it, and I, you know, brought it to the mind. It was definitely anger. It brought up memories with my dad, which I had completely didn't realize were connected to this type of emotion that I had. And then I realized that, oh, I need to talk to this, to this person. Okay. Seems obvious as I put words to it now, but I had realized that in my own inner work, this was the deepest work that I could be doing right now and actually owning the, the emotion that I felt and bringing that into that conversation. So what I did is I then went and I spoke to this person and I expressed how I was not okay with the way that she spoke. She didn't handle it well. Like it was, it was, it was more like, oh, well, you know, and it was, she was pretty reactive, but I said, I was very calm. I stood there and I felt love for this person. I said, hey, I just want you to know that you say these things and this is how it makes me feel. And I really don't think that's professional. And I ask that you don't speak about students like that in my presence. And I set up a boundary. 
and I was very clear about it. And that led to me, the doing the exercise is what led to me be a, being able to have that conversation with her without cowering, without running away, without turning aggressive, because I had already processed the charge in my body. I had already realized why it was so triggering for me because it connected to some past trauma with my dad. And I was then able to then act it out into the world. And again, as simple as this exercise sound, sounds, it's profoundly difficult, but profoundly powerful because then what happens is that leads to the way in which going with what we were talking about before this call that, that led to me leaning further into the masculine energy that led further into me being able to expand in my fullest sense of self, my wholeness in a way that I didn't realize that that was something that I just completely blocked and ignored in terms of my own personal development because it was uncomfortable. So that's an exercise I do repeatedly. Again, it could be in the privacy of your own home, but what it leads to happen, what it leads to, which is quite, quite beautiful, Paul, is it leads to you being able to own your integrity and it, and it allows you to then actually be a powerful, loving force in the world. And I'm, <laughs> I'm not joking with many clients in terms of their relationships, this becomes very powerful because then they're able to enter into the conversation with their wife and they're able to say, they're talk, they talk about what it is that they, their, their needs that they, that weren't being met. And uh, it's usually leads to extremely deep and loving connection with your partner. It could lead to the end of the relationship too, to be clear. It's not always roses, but what ends right. up is a sense of clearing, a sense of owning your integrity and sense of a sense of loving yourself in a way that is so utterly powerful. And then it leads to mm. you not being reactive because reactivity doesn't serve anybody. Wow, hell no, man. Hell no. Uh, I, uh, you, you, you hit it on the head because you know, when, when, when a man is able to get to that space, I think it's, it, it brings them into alignment. And specifically speaking with, with the relationship, it can bring them closer to the relationship or it can bring them out of the relationship into one that's more in alignment with who they are. Right, and exactly. With what you said here with Feel, Connect, Act, it reminds me of something I learned when um, I was being taught by my shaman guide. She had something called Heal, Reveal, Heal, reveal. Oh no, feel, reveal, and heal, <laughs> which is very similar to what you said, right? So it's like feel, right? Yeah, yeah. Reveal, which is revealing where's their connection. Yeah. I love what you said there because this is, and I'm gonna actually have my son. My, my oldest son is nine. I'm gonna have him go through this because he's he senses and feels things, and we have some deep conversations. Yeah. And then um, heal, heal is the acting because like in your situation. You know, you figured out, you found where, okay, what, what was this connected to? Now I can go express myself clearly, my come from. Right. Yep. Right. And I think to me, that's emotional intelligence. Yeah. That's yeah. being that's able embodied to emotional go through this. Yes, man. Yes. Because it's like, it's, first of all, it's, it's, it's finding out like, where's the energy emotion? Right, right now, this energy emotion is, oh, oh, wow, I'm feeling sadness. Oh, well, what is that connected to? Now, it's, it's, I'm, I'm free of looking at it on the first level. It's like, ah, I'm feeling sadness. I'll get over it. 
nope, I'm going to take another scoop. What the heck is this connected to? All right, well, this happened. So where, what, what am I feeling there? Like you said, like you came back to some things with your dad. Right. Like when I've been in there, it's like it came back to some sort of sadness or story or belief or like whatever I had going on in my head. And then being able to act on that, that's, a, that's the intelligence because now I'm, trans, I'm taking that energy and now I know where it's from. Now I can communicate with someone else in the hopes and, and, and with the intention that they get where I'm coming from, which enhances relationships, right? Yeah. And I, I, I think that, you know, we, we talked before we started, we talked about the difference between the masculine and uh, definition between in, in east and, and east and uh, on east and west side and you mentioned the masculine piece right yeah. and i see the masculine piece is um the uh you know the protector but also right. the one that holds the boundaries right. that creates the boundaries the one that is um more analytical that's more based in um something tangible right and that is an energy that lives in all things right it's, it's just yeah. for men we embody it right because it's like okay we have more than masculine energy and there's some of the feminine energy that we have in ourselves to be able to do some of the things you said like feel nurture ourselves connect relate and then act be able to communicate or, or engage in a way that is for the highest good of us all Mm -hmm. So that, that's what it means for me, like that protector, that, like, you know, the, the holes and boundaries. Uh, that's how I approach it, right? Um, mm -hmm. That's how I look at it. I, don't, mm -hmm. I guess for, for right now, I'll represent the easy. So, um, like, what is it like, uh, even though, although you are from New York, what is, what is the differences? And I'm curious for you, like, from what you remember about, from, you know, from what you heard when you were on the east side, to what you're hearing now on the West side, what are the differences that you experience? Well, the difference that, that I'm seeing, which is just interesting to me, you know, is how much, how much it is a part of conversation. And there's a lot of, hmm. there's a lot of um, this talk of, Oh, I'm being too much in my feminine right now, or I'm being too much in my masculine right now. Or what I'm seeing is just a lot of people that are trying to put themselves into a box as if, if you're a woman, you should, you should be the divine feminine. If you're a man, you should be the divine masculine. And what I think a lot of people uh, forget is that everyone has both. And just like there's North and South uh, magnetic poles in the, in the earth, we have the magnetic poles of the masculine and feminine as well. So it's a, it's an additional way to, to see yourself. Um, right. The, I like that you said holds the boundaries. I like to think of it as the river. The feminine is the is the the flowing force. It's the you know the water that comes in, and the masculine is the depth of the bank, and then the the height of the banks on the side, right? And so it flows that sort of direction. And I do find it to be that to be very helpful, like particularly in uh, relationship with with women, uh, particularly you know in in romantic relationships. So like when a when a woman is getting really upset, right? Um, right. a lot of the times we talk about it in our men's group and I hesitate saying it here because usually it needs to be pretty related to a story, but one way to reframe when, uh, you know, when a woman is getting really upset is to sort of look at it as like feminine energy. That's this creative or destructive force. 
and honor that and love it and, yeah. and cherish it, right? And to sort of treat yourself, you know, if you're going to play into the masculine there, right? To treat yourself as the banks of the, of the river and the depth. But again, even in that scenario that I just said, it assumes that the man is the masculine, the woman is the feminine. And the opposite could also be happening, right? There might also be yes. a situation where the yes. woman play, steps into the masculine and the man steps into the feminine. And the reason why it just bothers me a little bit is there's this subtle shaming in it that in, in a lot of the marketing language, which I call bullshit on because it's mm, not helpful. Tell me about it's, that. It's literally the inverse of what we've been trying as, as a group of men to do. Uh, it's the inverse of what we've been, what we've been standing for. So, right. We tell our little boy, we tell our young boys to, we're trying to stop men from saying, stop being a pussy man up. And we're trying to allow boys to embrace their emotion. And then as we get older, there's this sort of subtle shaming between the lines that says, Oh, don't be so much into your feminine, be, be in your masculine. In other words, be a man. And it's, it's really annoying to me to see that. And it defeats the whole, the whole purpose in my, in my opinion. So I tend Mm -hmm. to use the, the words in my own life, yin and yang a little bit better because when they're attached to a, you know, to a, a sex or a gender uh, identification, it could be a little confusing. So yeah, it doesn't seem like they're actually too much different from what you said. I actually like just that simple idea of uh, holding the boundaries. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I appreciate what you're saying uh, to be specific about how masculine is being sold. That's really and, where it is, the marketing of it. Yeah. It's, it's in, you know, I, 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 I'm free of pulling punches here. I think it's bullshit as well. I, I'm like, uh, the way that it's a shaming mechanism, I think it brings more men, more men into the shadow of things, which is really, instead of, instead of us being like, hey, man, you know, you're being, you're being in your feminine right now. Like instead of being like, hey, man, listen, wh- what, welcome what comes up right right being it man being it it's like you know like i'm with you as far as being holding off on labeling is like oh this is feminine like can i talk that sure are most people gonna resonate with that hell no because they're gonna hear like are you telling me to be more like a woman (laughs) yeah that's well no actually yeah it's you know, then it's like, okay, hold on. Let's go back to masculine and feminine here, one-on-one, here, the universal law of gender. Here, it's like, come here, on. Here's the thing, though, like when I really look at it, is most of the people that, um, that are in this, um, the pain point that they're struggling, because I often try to go at, okay, what's beneath it, is mm-hmm. uh, usually the, this is where the masculine is sold or the feminine is sold to people who are experiencing the pain point of being alone and they want to be in a relationship. And they're in their 30s or their 40s or 50s and divorced. And they're going, what's wrong with me? Why am I, am I not good enough? Well, what's wrong with me to not have a loving partner like they have, right? And right. That, that's just a, a dangerous place, right? When you start selling to that pain point and people go, oh, I need to be in my feminine more. I need to be in my masculine more. And you go, okay, well, maybe, maybe, but oftentimes it doesn't mean swinging to the exact opposite side. 
Yeah, say that. Say that one more time. Sorry, because this just didn't cut out. It's, it doesn't mean switching to the exact opposite side. A right. lot of times, like in in men's work, yes, like there might be some some men that come in, like myself, who was probably more of an effeminate man who needed to be able to stand in 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 his masculine strength a little bit more. Um, but oftentimes, when masculine or feminine is sold. It gets per it gets the other people or gets people to swing to the opposite side completely, and right. then they're faced with the opposite problems. When what I'm talking about here is becoming more whole, and honoring just masculine and and feminine as a way to create energetic, whether it's sexual attraction, whether it's right. flow, right? Even in your business partners, you can't have two men that work together and you're both like, well, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna no, you need to have one person to go with the flow of it. You'd have someone with right. the banks and the other person yeah. play the play the water or else you know it doesn't work. So it's a super helpful way to understand the dynamics of interpersonal relationships, but in terms right. of an extreme of identifying as one or the other, it's a it's a source of shame and that's just uh strange. Yeah. And bullshit. Uh it's bullshit. Yeah, man. I mean, think, I, 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 I see this stuff, and um, you know what's coming up for me is I watch this. Uh, you know, uh, my lady and I watch this show, Queer Eye. Yeah, my wife. And so, yeah. It, yeah, and it's and it's five uh, five gay men, and they the one in Atlanta. Make, those men in Atlanta. Yeah, they were yeah, they with that were one guy Atlanta. that can cook really well. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Dude, like. Yeah. And and the show is great because what I love about it is that they focus on the person, right? I have, and I'm thinking about it, I have yet to say, have them say like, you know, if they have, if they come across a man that's really rough or that's really hard or that has like been in, like has, has had failed relationships, I fail to hear them say, well, you got to get more in your feminine. Like instead they're like, Let's practice being more compassionate. Mm-hmm. Yep. Open up the heart. Let's practice. You know, it's like, like, and, and I think, and sometimes I think, Mark, I think it's our limited vocabulary. <laughs> like, uh, and maybe it's because, you know, everything is, is online now. And it's like, you know, I don't know if, if a lot of people are really diving into expanding their wordplay instead of saying, you know, when, when I hear someone say, well, you know, you, you know, if I hear someone saying you got to be more masculine or feminine, I'm challenging them to like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. To yeah. see what, see what they say. If they come with some bull crap, like, Oh, it means man up. I'm like, man, you don't even know what the hell you're talking about, man. Right. You yeah. have no idea because a person technically really uh, a person that's a creator. Um, Michelangelo. That's a, the creator is a quote unquote is a feminine aspect of self. It's it's that part of self that can create something new. And then the part of the masculine, which is okay, I can create something now from this feminine aspect of self, and now my masculine can have me act on it. It's a tandem. It's free of being more or less, or you need to be more this or less this. What? No, it's a scale. Yeah, it's a it's like a sliding scale that, and I really appreciate what you were saying about the yin and yang. Mm-hmm. 
that meant a lot, man, because, um, and even then, I think there's an education there to say, well, okay, let's, let's break down what this is. And I think that's, that's where, you know, for people, for men that are listening to this, for people listening to this, there was a podcast that I did in season one that broke down the masculine and feminine energies. So if you want to dive more into this, like you can reach out, Mark and I, Mark is going to give us contact information in a few um, you have my contact information, or you could take a, you can t- check in with us to learn more, or you could check out that podcast because we break down, um, Kamesh, Peter, um, Ayacovello, we broke down the masculine, the feminine aspects of self, as masculine and feminine aspects of man. And, you know, this is, for men that are listening here, the reason why we we put this content out here is because this is relevant information for all men to be aware of, okay? This is part of our development. The things that we've been sold in regards to this is how men operate, this is, listen, that is some elementary bullcrap, Okay. Men that are listening to this and watching this, please know and please be aware, you are more vast than you have been sold, okay? You're more vast than you've been sold, and part of it is being able and to tap into that and to recognize that and remember that is to tap into, I'm going to go back to this exercise you have, Mark, feel what's going on for you. Move your body. I love that you say it because I, I love moving yeah. too. That that part, god damn, it's like it's an elixir. Full Move your ahead. body. Tap in. Huh? Yeah. Full charge ahead. That's how I think of it. Yes, man. Yeah, feel Full it, charge. connect to it, act on it. Yeah. And for men, if men, if some men are watching, listening to this and be like, man, what the heck? What do you want me to do? You want me to do jumping jacks? Look, here's what I here's what you could do. <laughs> jumping jacks, you want to do burpees, go do burpees. Put on your favorite song. I, for me, I, I listen, when I want to feel emotions, I put on music, right? If I want to just like, and like, especially if I want to feel an emotion, I'm putting some drums on, right? Some tribal drums. After you feel it, man, connect, right? Connect to what is that feeling? What's behind that feeling? Is it a story? Is it a memory? Uh, Mark, you did a great job breaking this down. Is it? Is a, what is it really rooted in? Because once we can determine what's his, what it's rooted in, then we can act on it. What do you mean by that, Paul? Well, I'm glad you asked. Acting on it is exactly what Mark had done, right? As soon as Mark knew what that emotion was, where it came from, he was able to embrace his coworker at school. He was, well, far, far from embrace. He was able to address his coworker at school. He was able to speak to her and say, hey, listen, this is what came up for me. Will the results always be like, okay, let's go hold hands and like, let's go have some ice cream sundaes? No. People are most likely, or not most likely, but there may be some people that will hear you and make and change accordingly. Or there may be some people that are like, yo, man, go, 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 go kick rocks. I don't care. I'm gonna do what I do anyway. So the key thing though, is regardless of what happens, with another person this is about what's happening with you man with you listening to this because this content you know this although this show is for men and those harnessing their masculine energy for anyone watching this is universal for men and women 
connect. It's about yourself. Connect with it. So listen, I, I, I know we've, um, I want to be respectful of time, man. Um, and I have a feeling like you and I, well, you and I are connected now. So um, I need, I, I'm going to ask a couple of things I'm going to invite you to. First, if you, I, I invite you to share uh, what, how people can get in contact with you, because I know you're on, you're on meditation apps as well. Um, I know you're coming back to the podcast. You do you, you do coaching. So can you give a rundown of how if, after people listen to this and they're like, "Yo, this Mark, this dude Mark is fresh, man. I want to work with him. How do they get in contact mm-hmm. with you, man?" So the best place is to send me an email. My website's markwguay.me, or you can just Google Mark Guay Coach, and I'm the only one who comes up. The only other Mark Guay I think is a lawyer in Boston, and so he's definitely a little different than I am. Mm-hmm. And I do, yeah, have, man, no one's like you, man. I do, Dude, I do have free that. meditations up on Insight Timer. I'm very fortunate to have uh, joined with Insight Timer many years ago. And uh, my most popular meditation on there is called Manifest Your Unlimited Potential. So if you're curious about what manifestation is and how to start up a practice, uh, I encourage you to go listen to that meditation. There's a shorter version around 18 minutes and a longer version about 25 minutes. And I go through the chakra channels and bring in positive affirmations to visualize that which you wish to step into your life. So you can go to Insight Timer and listen to those. Again, it's free. I think you do need to make a subscription or uh, just sign up with them, but it's a free membership and you can listen to those. And that's really it. I don't use social media very much, Paul. I, I did it for many years. I think it's a great way to connect with people. It just doesn't energize me. And, and most people that I work with aren't, aren't on there anyhow. Uh, so the website's always the best place to go to and send me an email. Blessings, man. Blessings. I love it, man. And, and Mark, I mean, we covered some things today. Um, and if there was something that, before we wrap up, man, is there something that you want to relay to the audience that we have yet to address? Or is there yeah. something that we have addressed that you want to dive into a little bit more before we wrap up, man? Yeah, you know, I'm going to put this out there because one of my dreams in life is to give back to our boys, growing up and you know I have a boy coming into this world in just a few months here and I think back to my student John and eventually I I would love either if I create it or someone else creates it but we need more things out there that are bringing this type of work into the lives of, of our boys particularly you know teenage boys that are in high school that don't have uh, fathers in their lives or don't have fathers aware of this type of work and so they can't be models for them but this needs to get into the lives into the worldview of our boys out there in the world and I think if that were to happen um, our suicide rate would seriously go down and we would see just a, a beautiful expansion of consciousness in this world that would be really really powerful and I know, Paul, if, if I, I think you would agree with this, if more and more people on this type of journey step into it with love and compassion and growth, then it's a beautiful world that we live into or that we, that we live in, right? And we raise our boys up in. And even though there's so much going on in the world that the newspapers make it seem like it's a really horrible place out there, I believe through meeting people like you that if we continue to do our own work and we continue to help be a guide for others, then it's a beautiful world that we'll raise our kids in. I say, I say, 
that's uh for those that are listening to this that are like a shay um that's a yoruban uh term in a yoruba tradition think of it this way it's like when you say that it's basically blessings and power to your words Mm -hmm. and blessings and powers to the words that you just spoke because that um is something i'm working on toward working towards especially having two boys Mm. Uh, I have a nine-year-old, nine and five-year-old, and five. Oh. five. What are, what are yeah. the names? Uh, Noah. Noah's my youngest. Elijah is my oldest. Man, oh, I got the prophets. Hello, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Start them strong, man. There you go. There's a lot of you know. Name. You know, Mark, man. Biblical name, Paul. <laughs> Listen, man. Timeless, baby. Timeless. Yeah, I'm, with you. I'm um, with you. And I think, um, you know, like as you, as you said that, and as I'm thinking about, you know, my mission. Mm. And what I'm looking to accomplish, I, I'd, I'd like to invite you on again, man, so we could talk about, uh, like, what's coming to mind is building the platform for the next ones. Yeah. Um, yep. Especially hearing you have a son coming and, uh, you know, I got boys and then also doing something for the next round of boys that are coming up. Because I think when men can do this work and then be able to go and teach the young ones what to do, then we come back to the indigenous concept of community. Yep. Yep. And uh, I'll say, I'll just say uh, um, aligned masculinity. There you go. Right? I like that. Aligned masculinity, man, rather than it's got to be divine. No, Um, (laughs) aligned and brother i'm i feel aligned to you man um i'm so grateful that we are connected uh because you know first time i had the conversation with you and talking to you in this space i recognize we're here to do work together so blessed to be on this journey with you man and uh i'm looking forward to you coming back on the podcast and blessing us with your wisdom man Thanks, Paul. Thank you so much, my friend. And uh, yeah, thanks for leaning into this. And thanks for inviting me onto your platform. It's beautiful. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you, man. So for all that are checking in, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you to you, Mark, man. Oh, man, dude, I, I'm feeling a lot of um, vibration and like my solar plexus, my stomach, and it's like my center channel is like vibrating right now, man. That means to <laughs> me, and that's telling me like, I, I'm like, listen, we did something here. We, we were connected. We were connected to something bigger. So for all that were listening to this or able to hear it, thank you because you were connected to something bigger too. Thanks for tuning in. More coming. Share this. You like this? Share it with your friends and, and tell them about this, what's happening. You got a man in your life that that uh, that you love. Share this with him. You have someone in your life that's that's honing into the masculine energy. Share this with them because again, this is about our education, about our development, and our inner work. We're here to make this happen. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and we're out. Peace. <laughs>